Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. That's right. We think closure is a great way to improve your everyday life as a developer, your your code ramblings, your code explorations. And uh, we love talking about Clojure. So this week, we are here to talk about some more of Clojure Core. <laughs> yes, your, your, your code ramblings, let, let our ramblings help your ramblings. Um, yeah, so this week, what are we going to talk about? Uh, first, the first thing we're going to talk about <laughs> is first. And then the yes. second thing is second. And oh, wait, there's no third. Why is there no third? Well, I think first is the key. <laughs> oh, let, oh, that's very good. Let the puns begin. Yeah, we're here to talk about the core functions first and second, and then it, they're kind of closely related functions, key and val, in certain contexts. <laughs> we, we, they're right. almost interchangeable in some contexts. So, so first, second, key and val. Yeah, the you, you seem they seem so simple, right? They they. Do one thing. You, they take a list and they give you one element, one potential element out of that list. That maybe that's already the first nuance. If you call let, second on a list, it doesn't have a second thing. Uh, it what what disclosure do? It explodes. It throws like a null pointer exception. It core dumps. It exits immediately. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that's Java, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, closure closure always has its uh its positive. Uh, def- uh, positive statement of nothing, uh, the nil. The nil is what we get from so many functions. Uh, it's like if you make a phone call and nobody nobody answers. You know, there's there's just it just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing. There's there's no no there's no exception for you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And so so first and second already are kind of interesting because you have a list and you want to get something out of it and you want to do that in a safe way. And and so first and second are a nice safe way to try to get something out of a list that maybe doesn't have a first thing or a second thing in it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't. It's interesting to talk about that because I don't know that I've ever called first or second on. Well, maybe first, but never never called second on a list that I didn't know had at least two things. Like I, I knew I was. I knew I knew there was something there, um, but I call first on lists all the time that might have nothing in it. Um, one of the most common ways I call first is um, after the result of filter. Like I want to find the first thing in this bag of of uh, of, of goodies <laughs> that matches a certain predicate. Um, and so I don't care which one I get. I just want to make sure that there's at least one in there. Um, and so I, I will filter and then first. And if filter returns right. an empty list, then I get nothing. You know, I get positive declaration right. of nothing, <laughs> the nil. Yes, nil. <laughs> The positive information that tells you you actually have nothing. <laughs> and, yeah, and so second, sometimes if you're like calling second on a list is potentially empty, that I don't do that like in the filter sense where I'm searching. That would be more of the case where you you have a list of like you are handed something that either is going to be nil or it's going to be a list of a, a couple of things, something that's a more tuple like, like a two tuple. Um, and, and so then you want to get the first element and the second element out of it. 
But that does that does raise the interesting stylistic question, I would say. Uh, call why call first when you can just destructure the first element out of the list? What what do you think? What do you use first, Nate? And when do you destructure values out of the list using Closure's nifty destructuring uh, syntax? Well, I think I think it really depends on where you are. Um, I think if I'm at the end of a th- a threading macro where I'm doing a bunch, you know, a map and a filter or what, like a bu- doing a bunch of steps, and then I want to grab something out of it. Um, I, I will usually use first there because to use destructuring at that point would be kind of awkward, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, awkward. Awkward is probably too nice of a word for trying to put a let block at the end of a threading right. macro sequence. <laughs> but but in but in a in a in a in a let block that it makes a lot more sense, um, especially when it's something that you know. Uh, like you're doing rematches on a, a regular expression, or you're doing you're doing something that you know returns a list, and you you don't really care about the list itself. Like the list wasn't handed to you; it's just like an intermediate value, and you don't want to have to like save the intermediate value. You just I just want the first thing out of it. Um, so destructuring makes a lot more sense up in the let block, you know. Yeah, I've I've noticed I use destructuring a lot more when I have a lot of positional parameters. You know, there is no third <laughs> function, for example, <laughs> right, or fourth or fifth. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I I like your example of the regex matches, the re matches, because yeah, you might end up with a bunch of matches, so you want to destructure out a bunch of those. The other case is when I know I want to save out the the all the things I didn't destructure. I like the tail, you know, so <laughs> all the rest. Yeah. And all the rest. And, and so for example, when I've written code, that's trying to look for patterns in a sequence, right? So, so basically you imagine you have a sequence where you have a few variations of things, but each of those things is like, has a well-known order like a well-known thing, right? So like you, you might have like a, a token that indicates like where, what, what the next thing is. And then based on that token, you, you pull out two or three or four arguments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so in that kind of situation, I'll, I'll destructure and I'll destructure out the pieces and then, and then use the ampersand, you know, uh, other stuff or remaining. I'm trying to remember what I usually call that. I think I call it like, you know, leftovers <laughs> yeah it's kind of awkward to call it rest because then it's a function then it's like a, a reserved word and ah right right and so so then uh, yeah and then recurse on that right so so i tend to use like destructuring when there's there's a number of things but but first i'm with you i use first a lot at the end of end of a chain so that that raises another interesting question then so if you if you want to do a number of things to that first element, well, okay, so if you, let, let me try this again. So you have a sequence, and that sequence is a mixture of maps, like it's just a bunch of maps, right? And so you're going to filter out the maps you don't want, and then, and so do you call first, and then get that that first result, and then like singly thread that using some because it may or may not be there to do all your specific ma- manipulations on that? Or do you call like map and then each of the functions and then call first at the very, very, very end? That's a really interesting stylistic 
like thing that I think when early on when I when I when I first started closure, I got frustrated at the thread first thread last macros because I would want to do that. I'd want to I'd want to work with it as collections for a while and then I want to switch to being, you know, the single entity uh functions like association that kind of thing. And I got frustrated because it was hard to flip back and forth. But the more I programmed enclosure and the more I saw what other people did, the the kind of the convention is really to just stick to one or the other. Um and so like basically do all function or all do all um collection operations. And then if you want to do something on the on that value, then you just call first and then pass that value then to another function that does all those things. Like it kind of separate the two right? because you're in different modes of doing things. And so I think my, to answer your question, I would probably do just continue to map and even if it's only one possible thing um, and then call first at the end instead of calling first right. in the middle. Yeah. If you have a, if you have a collection of, of objects, even if you're reducing it, you know, you're going to be ending up with a single, a single map at the end. Um, you yeah you can just call map and then the function name that manipulates it on on each of like each each step along the way, and that's okay. It's all it's empty sequence safe. You know, map on an empty <laughs> sequence doesn't does not end up calling that function and passing it nil. Right? <laughs> it just it just passes the empty sequence along. Right. And so so yeah, they're they're analogous, right? Right. And you don't have to worry about like it, it, I want to get the first you know, map that matches, you know, that gets to the bottom. Well, there might be 30 of the, of the maps that match. And so I'm, I'm not, I don't want to maybe map or, 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 or do those operations to all of them. Well, the nice thing is when you call first at the bottom, that's like the, the eager way it's like, now I want to be eager about that first element. And so all of the, everyone does their, just does, just does the operations on the first, um, because they're all lazy because map and filter and, and those are all lazy. So you're not going to actually do extra processing. So not only are you safe from nothing, you're safe from too much. Because you'll just get you'll right. just pro- do the processing for the one thing that you get. Hopefully. That makes right. Sense. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think the main criticism of using that style where you do thread last and then you have sequence and then map function one, map function two, map function three first. The main criticism is the intermediate lists that get made. So lazy is good, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna do all the work on all the elements like you're saying. It's lazy, so you don't have to worry. But so that's really where transducers come in because mm, in transdu- right. transducers compose that mapping operation into a single efficient step. So then uh, you can not have to worry so much about intermediate, and and then it becomes more efficient, kind of like pulling, you know, first out of the sequence and then using some thread first to function one, function two, et cetera. But I guess it really depends for me in the style of code, like how much time is that code going to be spent talking about <laughs> the collection of things, like, right. like filtering down the collection of things and then mapping it versus how much is that passage of code going to be talking about what you do to that thing that you just found? Yeah, we, 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 uh, where's the bias? Is it about the collection or is it about the element? And then and then favor that. Right. So you kind of you kind of shrink the other side to either another function or just up in the let block or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah. First, first as a way of finding things, you know, you 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 do your sequence manipulations. You you get your thing. You pull it out with first. 
But then let, let's go back and let's talk about that tuple-like thing. So Clojure doesn't really have tuples, lists or tuples. Tuples show up more heavily in, let's say, more type-centric languages. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a name for each kind of, each length of list. Yes, One pull, right. pull, three pull, four pull. Uh, right, right. I think two is couple, <laughs> uh, triple... <laughs> quadruple. <laughs> well, I think four is a uh, four pulls a crowd, right? <laughs> and so, so, but <laughs> one of the interesting things of this style is maps. When when you take a map and you you send it through like sequence context, a map comes through as a set of little two entry tuples, right? Is what it looks like. But but it it, it is you can treat it like a list of two things. So when you're working with a map, you can call first and second on it and get the key and the value out. But then there's also the key and value function that let you do that more semantically and I would think more efficiently actually under the hood too. And so maps yeah. maps kind of have this double life where you can treat them like an object, but you can also treat them like a list of pairs. Yeah, and it's it, it kind of trips you up the first time you... At least I remember that when I was I would I would map because you know there's 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 times I want to filter so I want to filter a, a vector or filter a list and then I was like oh I want to filter this map and I and suddenly the things come through in a different shape than you're expecting and 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 and, and it really it really throws you off and then and then once you get used to the idea that you can reach into that um, I actually didn't learn about key and val until. Uh, probably like half a year ago, like for the most part, I would just call first and second. Um, but I like the I like the names key and val because, like you said, it probably is more efficient. But also, it has it has more. It's like oh, this isn't an actually a vector. It's really a mini map. It's like a mini sing single element map. And so you're thinking about it the right way inside of your your you know filter function or your map function. Um, and 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 I think that that really helps clue you in to that I'm work the stream of things that I'm working with is not just um, little, little vectors. It's actually portions of the map, and 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 I think it helps you think about it better. Yeah, yeah. And so I, our one of our favorite little tricks is it combines what juxt, comp, <laughs> <laughs> map. And key and val in in what uh, I don't know who coined the term map reformer. <laughs> oh but, yeah, but yeah, if you go back to our episode on juxt, we talk about that a bit more. But if you want to take a map and you want to pull it apart into its constituent parts, the key and the value, and you want to go through each of those elements and do something to them, and then put it back together again, this is where first and second do work, but key and value may be a little bit more appropriate. But you can have a map statement there where you use juxt and within juxt, so you map juxt, and then you can comp whatever operation you want to do to the key and key, and then comp whatever operation you want to do to the value and value. And then now you have essentially pulled that, that little map tuple apart, done, done something to it, and, and then you, you put it back together again in one clean little line. I wonder if, because that, like, say, say you want to do, you know, do two maps, like you want, you want to pass it through two levels. 
is pulling it apart with key and valve does it make it to the remains a map entry or does do then does the next transform have to use first and second like how much does it preserve that that map entry type um oh yeah like if you wanted to like have a map yeah i i think because jux doesn't produce a map entry i don't believe right and jux doesn't really have a way of knowing that you started with a a map entry which is sort of a pseudo list <laughs> so jux is going to make a list so then the next level if you wanted to do it but then i would just argue you probably just need to comp more things right <laughs> right you, you basically so the map the map reformer is really just a single step if you want to have multiple steps, you either pack more into that, into that comp, or, or you just, you know, you don't do that. <laughs> right. Well, at some point in time, it starts to make more sense to call map with a little function literal, you know, fn, and then you destructure your kv <laughs> there, right? All of a sudden, we're moving from key and val and first and second to destructuring <laughs> in in the map map callback. <laughs> The mapping callback. The map function function? <laughs> yeah. So I've, I found if it's like, if as soon as there's logic for me, then I I end up switching into that mode where I have a map, I have a function literal, you know, with the destructuring to get the key, the key and value out, right? So the, let, the bracket, bracket, KV, closing bracket, closing bracket. Yeah, and, 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 and even then, unless it's a very small computation, it makes a lot of sense to pull it into ba- basically make it its own function, a named function. Because then it's you're then you're doing more than just doing a, a like a, a simple reforming of a map. You're actually trying to do business logic. And if you're doing that, then you're it's it's much better to extract it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, but for example, a nice little map reformer, this is one of those toy examples that everybody always likes to say, but nobody ever writes in their code. Like if you (laughs) wanted to increment all the values of a map, right, you can just basically juxt identity. So the key of key, right? So juxt comp identity key. So it's like, oh, the key's not changing. And you could just say Jex, I guess, key, because identity key doesn't matter. So you just say Jex key, and then you say comp, uh, inc, val, right? So it just reads well, right? So it's like map, juxt, key, comp, inc, val. So you're incrementing the val. So so when you look at that, your brain goes, oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting the key out, and I'm leaving it alone. I'm getting the val out, and I'm incrementing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think but of course, uh, you then have to into into a map at the end, right? Because Jux doesn't know that these are supposed to remain map entries. So, so it's it's not necessarily the most uber performant thing, but it but it but it works quite well. And and honestly, these performance differences tend to not really matter for small numbers of things, like small sizes. When when you're talking about very small lists or you're talking about very few invocations, the performance differences tend to not matter. It's it's when you're processing huge amounts of things that the performance differences start to add up. Right, and you can actually get go 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 quite far before before the performance considerations really start to hurt you. Um, but the nice thing is there there are ways of 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 transforming these things into more performant ones once you get to that point. Um, but they often will be a little harder to understand. So I, it's much better to stick with the simpler representation that will be just fine because <laughs> the computer is fast enough. We want the human to be able to read 
the code again and understand it. Because um, humans don't have nearly as good a, a closure compilers as the closure compiler does. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay, last last uh, style question for you. Uh, okay. When was the last time you used inth? <laughs> oh, man. I don't think I have... I, I can't remember uh, a, a, less, a time. I, that's would be nil. Sorry. Your, my answer is nil. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I find that first and second and um, last... You know, and destructuring tend to replace most of the usage of like in for me. Uh, it it just just tends to not come up. Just tends to not come up at all. Right, and and I think I think one reason why is because inth doesn't work on um, sequences. It only works on indexed, um, like on vectors. Um, and so, because so many of the things we work with, like when you call map on something, even if you call map on a vector, you're going to get a sequence out. Um, and so, if you want to then then use nth on it, you have to then pour it back into a vector. Um, and so, I just I just I think the the whole like trying to manage a set of things. Um, we I think I I guess. The reason why I don't use nth is because most of my things that I want to look up by key are are maps. <laughs> I mean, if you call like you know colon name on a map, you're you're basically calling nth on a map, but your your number is a keyword instead of a number, and and it's yeah, much easier so, to understand. Well, yeah, nth does work on sequences, but nth is inefficient on sequences, right? Because oh, okay. it, it's traversing the linked list, so it's like o of n. Right, so you you can't just zoom to the specific spot and just pluck out the value with nth, you know. But it, I have never not used nth because of efficiency. It's just like destructuring and first and second and all that seem to fit the bill on a more regular basis, at least for what we do. What we do, and then there's always get in, which is kind of like the Swiss Army knife of pulling things out of structures. <laughs> and so it's kind of like if if uh, if destructuring or first and second aren't there to work for us, get in is sort of the thing we reach for next. Yeah, or get, right? You just get, right? Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's kind of amazing how having a function that's so simple, just first, it gives you the first thing, or second, gives you the second thing, or the key, gives you the key part of a a map tuple or the val. You know, it's, it seems so silly, but but if you're coming from another world, right, maybe the imperative world, but once you get hooked on composition, each of these are like little pieces that you need in order to express that phrase where you put that computation together into something that, that can be read pretty concisely and understood pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really um, an interesting, like, you, so much of closure, or so much at the time, is spent in transforming these these sequences of things. Um, but a lot of times, at the end, we just want to deal with one of those. Or um, and, and so, being able to convert a sequence into uh, a single value um, is 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 vitally important. But it's actually not like it's it's not it's not widely used but it's very important when it is used. It's a kind of a weird, you know, 
it's just it's it's right at the right time that's that's the way to, way to say it yeah definitely since lists are the basically lists and maps right you know you're you're going to be in one of those worlds uh, most of the time <laughs> and and even if you're in set the world of sets that's still kind of like a list <laughs> in closure <laughs> I know all the I know all the ways or not, but yes. <laughs> so yeah, you you, you got to be able to kind of go between the world of the one thing <laughs> and the world of the many things. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I will say. And so, uh, fortunately, we have some vocabulary to talk about that in our code <laughs> with first and second and all that. It yes. is a- actually yeah. we have quite quite a bit of of things to talk about in our code. There's a it's a surprising number of functions that that are nearby to first and um, second and those other ones, but maybe we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, well, we would love to talk more with you. And one <laughs> of the best ways to talk with us about Closure Code is to jump into our Clojurian Slack channel, which is called Closure Design Podcast. And you can hop in there and you can talk to us, but you can also tweet at us at Closure Design. Or you can uh, send us good old-fashioned email, which we do love also. Feedback at ClosureDesign.club. You can also find uh, other show notes and past episodes on the web at ClosureDesign.club. We post those uh, when we post the episodes. That's right. So go check out the website, too. And that will give you something to do after you finish this episode, because we won't be back until next week. But when we're back, we'll be back. <laughs> it's kind of like closure. You don't need first until you need first. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back next week to answer another question. Until then, thanks for listening. 